This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast I'm Dylan Hafer We are just barreling toward the end of summer here The Jersey ladies last night had their now annual, I guess charity baseball game at Coney Island. So this is going to be the third year that we're doing this baseball game on Real Housewives of New Jersey. I don't, I don't know how much mileage we're getting out of the baseball game. You know, a couple years ago, Teresa had the leggings and, you know, she said Margaret's ass looked bad. That was funny, I guess. Last year we did the baseball game. This year we're doing the baseball game. The fact that the whole Jersey cast is back and we're going back to the baseball game, like, I know it's for charity. So I'm, I'm glad they're doing it as a group, I guess. But I don't know. I don't know if we need a whole episode about it. These shows, sometimes it's nice to have consistency, but the, the line between consistency and repetition, it's a tricky one. And I mean, speaking of repetition, I really didn't anticipate that I was going to spend two episodes this week talking about Erica Jane, but (laughs) unfortunately, some news dropped on Tuesday afternoon, which was right after I recorded that episode that came out yesterday with the lovely Lawrence Gay. So we talked about Erica's Vegas show through the lens of Lauren having attended it. She had a good time. I love that for her. But then... I pull up, you know, the the internet.com and on USA Today, I see this article. Erica Jane accused of committing fraud scheme with Secret Service agents and American Express. Erica Jane, fraud scheme, Secret Service agents, American Express. What kind of fucked up Mad Lib bullshit is this? So I'm reading through the thing. It's, to be honest, it's a little bit complicated, but the general gist is that there's this guy, Christopher Pasela, who is a co-founder of a costumer, designer, fashion company, Marco Marco. If you've never heard of Marco Marco, they, they have drag queens that are kind of in their legions. They make clothes that look like things that Erica Jane would wear to perform. So, you know, if you're shopping at Nordstrom or Macy's, it's not for you, but whatever it's they're in this world so according to this lawsuit dating all the way back to 2014 erica basically gave marco marco permission to just charge her credit card for all of these goods and services you know they were working with her she was in her you know dance music career this was before she was even on housewives over the course of a few years she was charged for goods and services totaling 800 to 900 thousand dollars you know chump change 
for most of us that aren't broke bitches. In 2017, Erica and her husband, Tom, along with a group of Secret Service agents and credit card company American Express, conspired to, quote, maliciously prosecute him in April 2017 for alleged wire fraud and identity theft. So basically, in 2017, Erica and co. were like, hey, we didn't say you could charge me with this $800,000. And so she got, apparently, Tom Girardi, quote, weaponized, this is all alleged, quote, weaponized the Secret Service by soliciting and bribing Agent Robert Savage to launch a federal criminal investigation against Pasela instead of scrutinizing his business dispute with Jane. So basically, he's saying this should have been a private thing. If they had an issue with me, we could have just figured it out. But instead, Tom Girardi put his fingers on the scale of justice and got the Secret Service involved to do a federal investigation. This is intense. The lawsuit also states that Jane and Girardi enlisted American Express in their alleged fraud scheme, with Pasela alleging the company failed to investigate Jane's claim of unauthorized charges and refunded the couple nearly $800,000. So essentially, they got the Secret Service involved to make Christopher Pasela's life hell, and then they got American Express involved to get the money back, and both of these, you know, Secret Service and American Express were then sort of complicit in the fuckery that happened to Christopher Pasela. Complaint states, quote, Tom Girardi was going bankrupt and used client settlement funds from his new law firm, his law firm, Girardi Keys, to pay for his and Erica's extravagant lifestyle. I mean, this is all stuff we know. So essentially, they, you know, these charges happened in 2017. They were eventually dropped. But now Christopher Pasela is saying that it caused damage to his his company and his reputation and all the legal fees, X, Y, Z. This makes sense. So this thing from six years ago is now coming back to haunt Erica the same week that she launches her Vegas residency. This does not seem like a coincidence timing wise. Former RuPaul's Drag Race contestant and very, uh, very well-known drag queen Willem posted these screenshots from the article on Instagram. And, um, you know, Willem is close with Marco Marco was coming for Erica, you know, for, for trying to mess with Marco Marco and also just, just threw in a little dig that her Vegas costumes are off the rack and that's really the kicker here i mean if your vegas costumes are off the rack like pack it up honey you're done this is super interesting just because i think overall in the last couple years erica has really been able to make it through the wilderness of that legal mess and of people really thinking that she was the villain in all of this and so for these charges to come back and you know, this lawsuit to be sort of freshly top of mind. It's, it's tough. I, God, I wish they were filming for Beverly Hills right now. I've, I've heard that there were cameras at Erica's shows last weekend, but I have to imagine that that's going to be more of like a last five minutes of the finale thing. Like we might see her, you know, rehearsing for it or talking about it on the season, but I don't think they're actually like, filming a whole episode in Vegas for her show but I would love to see the women getting a push notification about another Erica Jane lawsuit on camera that's something that would spark joy for me Um, and unfortunately I don't think we're gonna get it but rumor has it Beverly Hills and Potomac are both coming in November so hopefully there will be more news on that front soon
The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to ditch those jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found Quince. Now I've got high quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Now that it's getting warmer, I just stocked up on the Quince Cotton Modal t-shirts. I love a black t-shirt that's the right balance of looking really nice, but feeling really comfortable. It's 50% cotton, 50% modal. It's lightweight. It's breathable. It has a little stretch to it, but it looks so put together. I also just stocked up on more of my favorite Quince socks because let's be honest, I am at the point in my life where I don't need to have any socks in my closet that have holes in them. I'm getting the Quince ones that are going to last me a long time. They're just the perfect staple to have in your wardrobe. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow-knit activewear. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which I just love. Upgrade your wardrobe today. Go to quince.com mention for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot mention to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com mention. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. In other news, I hate to say news, this is a rumor, word on the street, and by that I mean word on some, you know, questionably reputable social media accounts, is that Carl and Lindsay's engagement might be off. There's a rumor. I, I gotta say, I, I don't believe it. Or I don't believe this version of it. If they end up not getting married, fine. But I, I just don't think... I don't think they're going to let it blow up in each other's faces. I think they have too much invested in this. I think they are both. I I believe that their relationship is real, but I also believe that they are smart, strategic people who know how this whole thing works. And I think they will make it down the aisle. That's, that's what I'm saying for now. Maybe by next week I will look really stupid, but I don't know. I just don't see it ending like this. I want to believe in love. (laughs) 
Uh, but now the real reason we are here today to talk about Real Housewives of Orange County, another another solid episode. This season continues to just um, really deliver on what on what needs to be delivered. We start off with Heather and Terry, who are in escrow on their house in Orange County. And then as the Altmans are at their house, the deal goes through, the buyers sign, and it is the third highest home sale in Orange County history. $55 million. That is, that is such a wild amount of money. To think that we watched, we watched Heather and Terry build this house with their bare hands. And now it's sold for $55 million. I just, I feel like it's unfair that there's no way for me to just get $55 million. Like, I know that thinking logically, this house didn't just appear in Heather and Terry's possession and then they got to just make $55 million. But like, I I just, I want that. Like, I... I want $55 million very badly. It sucks that that can't happen. It also is strange to me, this penthouse that they're buying in LA in Century City, it's only two bedrooms? Why do you... I know it's supposed to be like her and Terry's throwback to Bronwyn and the love nest, the LA love nest. It's supposed to be their love nest, but like two bedrooms? It seems like they overpaid. And Century City too. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm no luxury real estate expert. I'll I'll take Josh Altman's <laughs> word for it, but I don't know, two bedrooms. Seems seems light. I love the the detail. You know, the deal goes through, they pop a bottle, and Heather says that she prefers the 2012 Dom Perignon and that the 2010 wasn't good, and I really now just need to know how this compares to Mary M. Cosby's beloved 2003 Dom Perignon, which, of course, she told us in season one, is the year that the heat wave, you know, it was the, the hottest year on record, and something like 5,600 people died, and it created the best grapes ever. So what happened in 2012 to make that Dom so superior? Because Mary Cosby, I mean, she has, she has the evidence. She has the proof. I'm sure they would taste exactly the same to me, but no, the two, if you're ever in the market, the 2010, not good, apparently. I love that Taylor is having another full cast event this episode. She really is, she really is pulling her weight and then some as a friend and, you know, props to her when she has an event, all the ladies show the fuck up. Last week, Shannon's having her taco party. She can't get half the cast to come. They're dropping like flies. Meanwhile, Taylor is like, come sit outside and carve a pumpkin and shove your arm up the bottom of the pumpkin. Doesn't that sound fun? And they're all like, great. What time? Where do I need to be? Tell, just, just, just text me the details and I will be there. Honestly, it feels like, it sounds like a joke, but it is impressive that Taylor is objectively the newest and kind of lowest on the ladder of this group and really is liked by everyone is a solid member of the group it feels like 
I would at this point be really surprised if she doesn't come back next season. And I think if she wants to be full time, she totally should be because honestly, like if you're, if you're that much a part of the group, good for you. It's more than a lot of women can say, Uh, but we're kind of picking up the pieces of course, from this taco party fiesta dinner, this episode, because of course, Emily, Gina and Heather weren't there. So there's a lot of, uh, grapevine communications that need to be had um gina and emily are hanging out at a motorcycle dealership because why not um and gina tells emily about shannon's cps comment which she obviously heard about via jen so there's you know the the line of telephone is very long right now um but gina she feels like she hasn't done anything to shannon to warrant all of this negativity and i think this comes up later in the episode but gina Gina's really the one in the group who's talked about Shannon's relationship the least. Emily's kind of on the hook for it. Heather's kind of on the hook for it. Tamara says a lot in the confessional that she might not say to Shannon's face. Gina kind of is minding her own business when it comes to Shannon. And, you know, they've obviously had their disagreements, but Shannon seems to have this kind of chip on her shoulder about Gina's whole existence. And, Emily's like, well, she clearly just doesn't like you. And it's like, yeah, it kind of seems like it. You know, going back to the CPS thing, Gina says it's been four years since her DUI and Shannon's biggest contribution in that time is just reminding everyone that it happened and that each time there's a new friend or a new person in the group, it's like Shannon is the one making it into a big thing. Like Gina is at a point in her life where the DUI she got four years ago, it's like, I'm, I'm sure she thinks about it it's not like it has no bearing on her life but it's not something that she's dealing with on a daily basis at this point so somebody like jen pedranti unless gina wants to confide in her about it really has no reason to even know about that or i mean (laughs) unless she watched the show which is probably more likely but like it's not something that's so crucial to who gina is as a person that like shannon should be giving jen and taylor by the way a heads up that this is something that she dealt with and then obviously the cps thing is just so out of pocket but meanwhile at shannon's house we see john jansen rubbing her shoulders like a dog after a bath just so chilling he has to leave the second Tamara gets there he clearly is like I want to be on camera exactly 0% more than I need to right now. So he gets the fuck out. Shannon tells Tamara that they've talked about how they feel and all the chatter and that she and John have decided they don't care what people are saying. And I would just like to say, um, bullshit. No one has ever cared more about what people are saying than Shannon Storms Bedore. Like, (laughs) you don't get to storm out of one party and that and hear from across the room that somebody's whispering and you know (laughs) freak the fuck out and then yell at everyone and then assume that everyone's talking about you even though you were the one talking about yourself all of her behavior in the last several episodes of this show and i mean transparently the last several seasons of this show Nobody has ever been less unbothered than Shannon Storms Bedore. So for her all of a sudden to be like, well, yep, we're good. It's fine. I don't care. People can talk. People can say whatever they want. 
Oh, Shannon, the self-awareness has never been lower. The bar is below the floor at this point. Um, but anyway, she says that, you know, she's not going to talk about every argument she has with John, but she does get upset when they're not spending a lot of time together, which it's nice to hear her acknowledge that there's, you know, 1% of something wrong in her relationship and they've never gone on a trip together and they don't talk about getting married because, you know, who knows, whatever. And this is another case of Tamara in the moment kind of being like, yeah, okay. And then immediately in the confessional, we see her being like, they don't talk about getting married. That's a huge red flag to me. They've been together for three years at this age. If you're not talking about, it's like, I actually, I think Tamara is obviously a great housewife and I think she is working the group really well this season, but I wish she would be a little more honest with Shannon face to face because she actually has a lot of strong opinions and insights about Shannon's relationship in the confessional and a little bit with the other women. And it feels like she is sort of babying Shannon or kind of not pushing back on anything she says, probably because she knows that it's a little bit of a lost cause. But I think these interactions would be a lot more interesting if, if Tamara was like, Shannon, honey, get real. If he won't go on a trip with you and you, and you're scared to even bring up the idea of getting married, that is a red flag. Not because you need to get married, not because you need to be doing anything that other people say you should, but because like you shouldn't feel like you're walking on eggshells to bring up something that's a normal relationship topic. The uh, the topic of talking about getting married with somebody you've been with for years shouldn't be terrifying to you. And it seems like Shannon is kind of in this place where no matter how good she says things are with John, she is so focused on not rocking the boat at all or like putting a foot out of line that she's kind of just going along with whatever John's status quo is. And obviously this isn't something that's going to serve her long term because Shannon is a sensitive person with, you know, needs and desires and she should have those. I mean, I'm not like the biggest Shannon fan in the world, but I want her to be happy. I want her to be in a relationship where she isn't scared that if she like opens her mouth, it's going to come back to bite her. I feel like that's not too much to ask. Spring has sprung, and that means it is time for some spring cleaning. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring ones, make sure you are using Ibotta to get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items, from groceries to beauty supplies to toys, so you can make sure you're shopping smarter, not harder, no matter what you are purchasing. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of a spring wardrobe refresh, a new warm weather bedding set, or a flight for that summer getaway you've been eyeing. Other apps, they give you points that don't amount to much. But with Ibotta, you just add your offers in the app, upload your receipt, and you get real cash that you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers, including all your favorite grocery stores, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying by using the code MENTION when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use code MENTION. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code MENTION. 
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Meanwhile, over at Jen and Ryan's, she's scared by the idea of marrying him. (laughs) It's literally the opposite. He wants to talk about getting married and she's like, wait, 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 wait. So you've never been in a successful relationship. What makes you feel like we should jump into something like that together. And he's like, Oh baby, 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 I I love you. And she's like, well, it just scares me because you know, if a woman came between us, blah, 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 blah. And he's like, well, we were on a break. So I don't think it's fair to say that a woman came between us because we were on a break. What was I supposed to do? Not fuck somebody else. And she's like, in the confessional, she immediately tells us that when they were on this break, There were no discussions or parameters set about being with other people. So while he is not technically wrong, she still has a lot of complicated feelings about that. And it does feel like Ryan is not somebody who really is capable of having these conversations in a serious, you know, emotionally mature way. Case in point, she's like, babe, forever is a long time you know, with just one person and it's just you and me. And Ryan goes, just you and me and those boobies. <sighs> Can I just say, if you are an adult straight man, the idea that you would ever be with a woman and refer to her boobies is absolutely I, I, I I'm speechless you and me and those boobies this is a conversation that is supposed to make her feel better about spending the rest of her life with you and you're like <laughs> boobs if I wasn't on the fence about this man already, I certainly am now. I'm, I, I've got two legs over the fence. I would say I'm hanging on with, the, with one hand. It's not looking good because he should know they've already been through so much stuff. It's like she's trying to have a real conversation with you and he just cannot keep his shit together and not make a fucking joke about boobies. <laughs> it like, I, oh, I, I, I fully just can't, <laughs> but you know, I don't want to dwell on that too long because of course, Tamara and Eddie are then working out together. And this is when we first talk about Heather and Terry's, um, how do we say lightly staged paparazzi pictures at Disneyland. I remember when these photos were coming out and it was a little bit like, okay, what's going on? What are we doing here? What's, what's this? Because Tamara, I mean, as much as Tamara wants to be messy about this, she's right. Paparazzi in Orange County doesn't work like that. 
Paparazzi pretty much anywhere doesn't work like that. Unless you're going to a handful of restaurants or clubs in LA that are like celebrity hotspots and there's just going to be some dude with a camera outside. There's a guy who goes live on TikTok like every day outside of Craig's in LA. And he used to be a TMZ photographer. And, you know, now he just like waits on TikTok live, hoping that celebrities show up. Like, okay, if your photo gets taken walking into Craig's, did you call them to show up? Probably not. But there are not paparazzi just crawling around Disneyland or anywhere in Orange County. Orange County is not the celebrity hotspot. If you're a, f- a photographer for TMZ or, you know, Splash News or any of those photo sites, the only way, other unless you have specific information about where somebody's going to be at a specific time, the only way you can actually do that and have a good enough hit rate of getting photos of people to make it worth it for you is to go to like Craig's or, you know, Saddle Ranch or the nice guy. You know, there are a handful of of spots, but, you know, the corner of Main Street USA and Disneyland is not one of them. And so, while I don't know if talking about this on two T's in a pod and Teddy going off about the photos was the best way for Tamara to go about this. I don't think that she's wrong. And I'm glad that we're talking about it because I, I do think I like Heather and Terry a lot, but I think that there can be kind of a a vibe sometimes that they think their shit doesn't stink and they think that they kind of can be above the level of most of the housewives drama. And while I love Heather's kind of aloof commentary on things, I do think that there are situations where it's like, nope, I want to hear about this like for real, for real. And so I'm glad that Tamara brings it up. Of course, this, this comes back up at the fall festival, but first Shannon and Heather have to meet. They've had the same meeting three times essentially now where Shannon's like, well, Heather, I've heard that you've been talking about my relationship and it's Emily says it's not her. Tamara says it's not her. They both say it's you. And I mean, at this point, like I just, I just feel like we've established that it's kind of just all of them. We get a clip package of three different times that Tamara has either said or like implied that she has information about Shannon when she's like, oh, so, so you guys didn't get the phone call. You think they're happy together because you didn't get the phone call. Because <laughs> I got the phone call. It's like, <laughs> it's like when you have like news or information that you feel like you can't be the one to bring it up, but also it's like killing you not to say it. So you're like, oh, right. Like... <laughs> Yeah, like, it's it's pretty crazy. Like, you know, I don't want to talk about my night, but like, whatever. You're like fishing for somebody to be like, okay, what'd you do last night? And you're like, oh my God, I thought you'd never ask. I went to dinner, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, t- this is what Tamara's doing. She's laying breadcrumbs. She's, she's testing the waters with other people. And, you know, it's clearly a mind fuck for all of these women to have this dynamic with Shannon where she's calling them and giving them information and venting and saying things. And then the next time you see her or the next time you're on camera, it's like it never happened. She might not remember that it happened. But if she does, you're definitely not supposed to bring it up on camera. God forbid you bring it up when she's not around. Even if everybody has the same information, you're like in this weird circle of trying to figure out like do I say too much how much am I supposed to know how much does everyone else know did we all get the same 
amount of information or am I like in the extra duty circle of truth? And I mean, Shannon really is just painting herself into a corner here where there's not much that she can do. And the fact that her relationship clearly was more on the rocks than she's trying to let us know, it really just makes her look kind of clownish here. But I love Heather turns on the tears. Um, you know, she says that she re- she wouldn't want to make it seem that way or make Shannon feel that way. And she's sorry and moving forward and blah, 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 blah. Really, the emotions are kicking into high gear. Shannon says that uh, Heather should put this lunch on her IMDb page. And I don't disagree. And combined with Heather's response at the fall festival, when Tamara brings up the paparazzi pictures and the rumors that there's something going on with her and Terry. And Heather says this line delivery. Where there's smoke, there's fire. But you know what else there is? Arson. not the arson this if you could submit real housewives for acting emmys this would be heather dubrow's submission episode like you have to pick one episode to submit that's like your best work of the season the crocodile tear the arson comeback the the you know preferred year of dom perignon Heather is firing on all cylinders this episode, and I love to see it because I don't think she always is. I think sometimes she's she's holding back. But anyway, this fall festival is it's really funny. They're in the pumpkin patch choosing their pumpkins to carve, and this is when Emily and Gina kind of circle in about the CPS comment that Shannon made last episode. So they're kind of dividing and conquering in the pumpkin patch. Emily asks Jen and Taylor about this comment. Gina asks Tamara. So obviously Jen is the one who brought it to Gina's attention. So she's like, yep, it happened. Taylor says she doesn't remember. Tamara says she doesn't remember, even though we have footage of Tamara talking about it after the fact. So there's some fuckery going on here. I think Tamara's trying to be a little bit cautious to not um, fuck up her relationship with Shannon once again. Tamara is suggesting that Jen is twisting what happened and what Shannon said to make Shannon look bad, to get Gina on her side. And it's like, okay, so Tamara doesn't want to piss off Shannon, but then she's going to, you know, ruin what she just fixed with Jen. And it's like, I, I don't know. I, I can't wait to see their reunion because I really don't know who is, you know, going to be getting along with whom. But at the table, pumpkin carving after Shannon shows up late because she was getting a vitamin IV because she's been working 12, 12 to 15 hours a day on what? Don't ask me. I don't know. Tamara kind of whispers about the CPS comment to Shannon. Shannon immediately flips out and she's like, Gina, why'd you say I said something about CPS? I would never say that. I would never say that. So there's, you know, all of these, all of this back and forth about Gina and Shannon and what happened and who said what. And, uh, you know, Gina says her kids were never going to get taken away. And Shannon says, well, the cops are going to arrest you in the morning. And Emily says, that's not how a bench warrant works. Yes, L Woods, go. But Gina says that she respects Shannon enough not to talk about her relationship and that she wishes Shannon would do the same. And Shannon is like, well, I I, I, I don't talk about Travis. And Tamara's like, well, what about the t- time you said he had a tiny penis? And suddenly, why are we talking about Travis's penis? I didn't want that. Gina certainly didn't want that. The, the last thing I need, and this happens a little too often on a Housewives show, is everyone going around the circle feeling like they have to make a comment about their husband's penis? 
she, and it's like it's just fine taylor's like a, a a little a little dick measuring contest i mean a big one emily tells us that shane has a big dick like that's not information i ever needed to know i mean to jen's credit she's like well everybody saw ryan's dick so that's <laughs> neither here nor there but oh god <laughs> oh this devolves so quickly I don't know. I don't know where we're going from here. I mean, really, I'm excited to get to the end of the season just to see kind of where we leave things with Shannon and John because it feels like we're sort of tiptoeing around something there. I'm interested to see kind of where Heather and Tamara leave things because, you know, Tamara says she doesn't think the rumors about them are true. But Heather says that her saying that means that she thinks it could be true, even though it probably isn't. Heather calls the women these schadenfreude bitches, which... I feel like that could be the name of a band, like the Schadenfreude bitches. Dibs on that if I ever start a band, which I won't, but maybe I will. Ugh, but anyway, so much happening on OC. You know, as I've been recording, I'm getting messages from people about Lindsay and Carl. Somebody, somebody says they have it on good authority that it's true. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll find out next week. But anyway, thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.